As fans, we focus on those who are in their primes, at their peak, those who get the job done. The most skilled of them all get all the love. But even at the highest level, you'll find losers, failures, and laughingstocks. The history has been made here at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. The Detroit Lions have completed the first non-winning season of a 16-game schedule in NFL history. Well, first of all, in the interest of accuracy, let's put it plain and simple. They were the worst team in NBA history. Can we get that out the way right now? That might uh, be debatable. It's not, it's, 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 no, it's not debatable. It's not debatable. Join us as we dive into the best of the worst, where we explore the biggest embarrassments in all of professional sports, one team at a time. It is the best of the worst, another episode where we break down some of the worst teams in all of professional sports, as the intro just explained. My name is Rustin Burnside. I'll be your host. And as of late, you know, we talked about the 12 and 70 New Jersey Nets in episode one. Awful. We talked about the 2008 Detroit Lions, one of the worst, truly. So how are we going to follow that up? Well, I went out and I grabbed another NFL team who also happened to go winless in the 2017 Cleveland Browns. The fun part about the 2017 Cleveland Browns, who were 0-16, this is well before the NFL had decided to add another game to the schedule, so 16 games was the was the highest amount of losses that you could muster, and the Browns, just like Detroit before them, uh, lost 16 of them. So this squad is really funny because just like the 2008 Detroit Lions, they actually went 4-0 in the preseason. The 08 Lions went 4-0 in the preseason. The 17 Browns went 4-0 in the preseason. Moral of the story is don't win your preseason games. At least not all four of them because that didn't pan out for either one of these squads. That being said, that joke out of the way, right, that both these squads ended up winning their preseason. Cleveland had a terrible year the year before in 2016. Hugh Jackson, first year. The Browns go 1-15. One win, 15 losses. They somehow beat the San Diego Chargers uh, the second-to-last week of the regular season. They avoid the winless year. Everybody in Cleveland celebrates. It's a good time. The next year, things are supposed to be better. They're not. They go 0-16, as we've previously discussed. That speaks volumes to the... Just sheer incompetence of your franchise and organization that you can not only have back-to-back bad seasons, the Lions have had plenty of bad seasons, right? The Jaguars have had plenty of bad seasons. I'm not talking three-win, four-win. I'm not even talking two-win back-to-back seasons. I'm talking one-win and then win-less. You would think you'd be startled enough from the experience in 2016 that you would go all out to just completely avoid the next year being just as bad. But for the 2017 Cleveland Browns, that simply wasn't the case. This is a squad we're going to get into, break down their schedule, break down their team, and talk about the impact of the 2017 0-16 Cleveland Browns for a team that has had a franchise history of rotten luck and unfortunate events uh, this is certainly up there by being one of the best of the worst. Let's start at the offseason. All right, this is where everything begins for the 2017 Cleveland Browns. The 2017 NFL Draft saw Cleveland with three first-round picks. They took three players, and none of them are really terrible selections. Miles Garrett. Number one overall, defensive end, Texas A&M, still going strong with the Cleveland Browns. 
Uh, and he's a consistent defensive end. He's terrifying. He gives offensive line fits. I don't blame Cleveland on that one. Jabril Peppers, a safety out of Michigan. They take him with the 25th overall pick in the first round, and his time in Cleveland was pretty short-lived. Uh, he was with the Browns for a while. He just finished a stint in New York, and he's now on a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. And uh, looking back on it, he maybe doesn't quite fit the bill of being a first-round pick. An NFL player, sure, but Cleveland seems to have reached a little high there. And he, I, I mean, it's only been a couple years down the road, five to be precise, and Jabril Pepper's already on his third team. Normally not a great sign for a former first-round pick. Pick number three in the first round still, four down from Peppers. They take David and Joku, the tight end, out of Miami. This one, I mean, he's still in the NFL. He's still with the Cleveland Browns, and his talent is pretty clear. A lot of people have argued over the years that the Browns don't use him properly, and you know he, he needs to be in different systems, and he needs to have different opportunities. But, I mean, Njoku is still going strong for Cleveland. You'll see him on the field any given Sunday still repping the Cleveland Browns. He's, he's gone through a bit of an injury stint here this year, uh, but he's still there, and, and the potential is still there. He's an interesting player. The big thing that they went and took was Deshaun Kaiser, Notre Dame's quarterback. They take him second round, pick number 52 overall. And Deshaun Kaiser was unique because it's a pick that you understand. I mean, Cleveland needs a quarterback. They're planning on stashing him. That makes a lot of sense. They're trying to find, they took Cody Kessler the year prior, right? They don't have that franchise type guy that they've quite been looking for. And so they go out and they get Deshaun Kaiser. They're, they're, accumulating quarterbacks. But the issue is, normally when you draft someone like Deshaun Kaiser, you have somebody you're already working with, and Kaiser can kind of wait in the wings. You don't typically take somebody who you expect to be your franchise cornerstone with the 52nd overall pick, but the Cleveland Browns did so. They went with Deshaun Kaiser out of Notre Dame, and the rest is history. And for poor Deshaun Kaiser... I mean, his NFL career, it's its already donezo, gone. And it was only really a byproduct of going to Cleveland and being thrown into the fire immediately. He played four seasons. He's out of here. He's not currently with a team. And for Deshaun Kaiser, that has to sting a little bit. Uh, did Kaiser have the talent to be an NFL quarterback? I don't know. Apparently not. Or, or somebody would have him on a team. But the Cleveland Browns certainly accelerated that process to him getting out of the National Football League. They didn't help. They didn't do Deshaun Kaiser any favors. Okay, let's go ahead and say that. So with a quick recap of how their draft went, which was super first-round heavy, you love that. You went 1-15. You deserve a ton of first-round picks. You need to be significantly better. So they go ahead and they move on, and they expect a somewhat better year, okay, for the Browns who were 1-15 the year prior, their expected win-loss, they were expected to win around 3.3 games. Nothing that great, but significantly better than last year. And they were expected to win 3.5 games the year prior when they ended up winning one. So it's slightly down. They've lowered expectations, but they're still saying this Cleveland team has an expected win uh, total of possibly right around three games. So all is well and good. The Cleveland Browns go into the season week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
and they lose 21 to 18. It's a hard-fought game down to the bitter end, just like these rivalry games can get, but Cleveland ends up just on the wrong side of it. And for the Browns, we talked about the quarterback situation. It's Deshaun Kaiser, the rookie. He's your starter. He's your guy. He goes 20-30, 222 yards, throws a touchdown, throws a pick. And uh, at the running back spot for this team, for Cleveland, they go a couple different routes. All right, They have Isaiah Crowell, who is their main back. They have uh, Matthew Days, who gets a couple carries. Point is, Isaiah Crowell is their main running back, and that doesn't seem like quite a winning formula. He has 17 carries, 33 yards, and their main receiver of the night was Seth DeValve. You know who Seth DeValve is? Exactly. Of course you don't. Ricardo Lewis, Duke Johnson, uh, Kenny Britt. These were the guys getting catches. Kenny Britt's the only recognizable name on there, and David Njuku, the rookie tight end as well, he hauled in two receptions week one. So you could tell this is a very young, unproven Cleveland Browns team. They have another division game. They're on the road against Baltimore. They lose 24-10. to They play the Indianapolis Colts in week number three. They lose 31-28. to So another tight ball game and you're going to notice a trend as we go throughout their schedule after that loss Indian in Indianapolis despite all the losses this one being to Jacoby Brissett's Colts they still have Frank Gore running the football uh, T.Y. Hilton was their main receiver you will notice this Browns team played everybody tough all right they, they rarely rarely got blown out week four was one of those exceptions Home against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals put them on, on ice 31-7 to in front of the hometown faithful. Week 5, another close game that they have an opportunity to win. They lose 17-14 to to the three and uh, to the 2-2 two and two New York Jets, who would go on to become 3-2 and two after winning this game. They fight to the bitter end. Josh McCown starting at quarterback for New York. You got guys like Elijah McGuire running the football. For New York, this isn't a very good football team either, and this one comes down to the very last time, very last plays ultimately before New York walks away with a victory. They both score a touchdown in the fourth, but the Jets come out on top. Kevin Hogan would see snaps in this game: sixteen and nineteen, two touchdowns and a pick. So now we have this whole Deshaun Kaiser situation. Deshaun starts as the rookie quarterback. You give him reps. He was also sharing a little bit of time with Kevin Hogan the week prior against Cincinnati and what was a blowout. That's common. You say it's a blowout. Let's put in our backup, see what he can do. Against the Jets in a tighter game, Kevin Hogan gets on the field. Now this is something to keep an eye on. The Browns are 0-5. They've had a couple tough losses, but the rookie quarterback, maybe he's not quite ready. They go and play the Texans in Houston. Houston is a 500 team at this point, and lo and behold, Kevin Hogan is your guy. 20-37, a touchdown, three interceptions. Maybe they went to Kevin Hogan a little too soon. And for Deshaun Kaiser, this is a unique situation for him because when it came to his status, he was not actually hurt. Deshaun Kaiser wasn't banged up. He wasn't injured. This was a scenario where Hugh Jackson came out and said, I like what Kevin's done in our system. We're going to give Kevin Hogan the start. Terrible idea. Houston wins 33-17. to The very next week against the Tennessee Titans, who were 3-3, three and three, another 500 squad, guess who's back in the starting lineup? That's right. Deshaun Kaiser is. He goes 12-20, 114 yards, throws two picks. Uh-oh. Trouble. 
Cody Kessler gets into the game, goes 10 and 19, 121 yards, an interception, and was sacked twice, something that did not happen to Kaiser. Isaiah Crowell, by the way, leading rusher, 17 carries, 35 yards, which was lovely. The Browns take this game to overtime. It's 9 to 9. Tennessee wins on a field goal, field goal because why not? Titans get it 12 9. Cleveland falls to 0 7. And just when you thought, that Deshaun Kaiser was going to get an opportunity to learn and grow and get back into the starting lineup because Kevin Hogan was terrible against the Texans, Cody Kessler gets an opportunity. Now, Hugh Jackson's got to be looking at Cody Kessler with different glasses, right? Because he's like, well, Hogan may not have worked, but Kessler might. Very next week in London, Minnesota Vikings. They play on a neutral field. Minnesota waxes them 33-16 in a game that saw Deshaun Kaiser go 18-34, 179 yards, no touchdowns, but no picks. Here's the key thing. He had a rushing touchdown, which was the same as Isaiah Crowell in his 64 rushing yards on 11 carries, which is a big deal. Also on the defensive side of things, you know, nothing nothing for this Browns defense was good, but you had Joe Sherbert out there and Carl Nassib. They couldn't contain Minnesota and what they had going on. Guys like uh, Jarek McKinnon had a big game for this Viking squad. Case Keenum, he went to work with two touchdowns in that ball game. Adam Thielen was big. Doesn't really matter. We don't need to touch on the Vikings. Point is, Deshaun Kaiser didn't get pulled from a ball game. Despite Kessler getting time last week, Jackson in a blowout attempt did not say, all right, we're done. Kaiser didn't turn the ball over, gave him a break. Next week, bye week for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to come out facing the Detroit Lions the very next week. Detroit, at this point, isn't doing super hot. They're 4-4, they're four and four, another 500 team for Cleveland to potentially sink their teeth into. They come off the bye week. They're in Ford Field trying to upset the Lions, and the Lions take care of them 38-24. to 24. Kaiser, 21-37, 232 yards, a touchdown and interception. Cody Kessler has three attempts himself. Isaiah Crowell runs for 90 yards and a touchdown, one of his better games all season long. And also, Jamie Collins has an interception for Cleveland's defense. That's a big deal. You like to see that. Miles Garrett would have one solo tackle and one quarterback hit of note for the defense, but Cleveland falls in Detroit. They are now 0-9. Jacksonville, the very next week, was a 19-7 loss. Lo and behold, another game that was somewhat close, but uh, not a fun one to watch. Not high scoring. Nothing really happened. It was the Blake Bortles versus Deshaun Kaiser matchup. Kaiser would throw two picks, and uh, that was that. Nothing of note in this game whatsoever. I'm sure the teams have already burned the Bortles versus Kaiser Bowl. Cincinnati, they get another shot at the Bengals, a team that beat them 31-7 to week one. A little bit of the same story. This time it just happens in Cleveland. Despite the Bengals being two games under 500, they win 30-16. to Take care of them pretty easily behind Andy Dalton's two touchdown passes and Joe Mixon's 100-plus yards. This one, Cody Kessler only had one pass attempt. Deshaun Kaiser still getting runs, still not throwing interceptions, but he doesn't throw touchdowns either. He does have one rushing touchdown for Cleveland. That is of note. They go to the newly minted Los Angeles Chargers for their 12th game of the season. They lose this one. Remember, the Chargers were the team in San Diego they beat last year to be 1-15. The Chargers remember this well and say, this is a desperate team. we got to be careful. They take care of them 19-10 rather gingerly, but the Chargers end up getting it done. Uh, Kaiser would throw a pick. He'd throw a touchdown, and Crowell would run for 41 yards. 
Josh Gordon, by the way, is also playing right now for the Cleveland Browns. He had 11 targets in that game, had no receptions. So gives you a real... Oh, sorry, he had four receptions, 85 yards, no touchdowns. So it's nice to have Josh Gordon back. You have a little bit of a weapon if you're Cleveland, but we know that Gordon's not going to be out there overly long before he ends up falling off the bandwagon as well. So they lose to the Chargers 0-12. Green Bay beats them 27-21. In overtime, two overtime games, they had it against the Titans. They had it against Brett Hundley and the Packers without Aaron Rodgers on the field, and they can't get it done. Two overtime games, two overtime losses. Things are getting a little dire now. We roll around to week 15, Baltimore Ravens, division opponent in Maryland. Ravens win at 27-10. Last two games of the season, the Bears in Chicago. They have to get a victory. Cleveland's 5 or 4-10. and 10. Cleveland can do this. They don't. 20-3 is the final score. Deshaun Kaiser, two interceptions, no touchdowns, 182 yards. Kroll, 44 rush yards, just a terrible performance all the way through. Josh Gordon, two catches, 19 yards. David Njoku, one catch, 13 yards. Nothing went right for the Browns. And now their last opportunity is a division matchup. Last week of the season, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 12-3 and and have their eyes set on the playoffs. Well, here's the thing. Pittsburgh's starting Landry Jones. They don't got Roethlisberger out there. They're starting Steven Ridley. They're starting Fitzgerald Toussaint. And Martavius Bryant. This isn't a team that feels like they have to win this ball game. There is hope. Cleveland can go one and fifteen back to back years. The Steelers score first. Both teams have 14 apiece in the second quarter. It's 21-14 going into half. Cleveland scores 10 as opposed to Pittsburgh's seven in the third quarter. So the Steelers currently sit at 28. The Browns 24. Fourth quarter comes around. Kaiser, Landry Jones, who's going to rise above? Well, you know the theme of this podcast. Uh, the Steelers rise above. Nobody scores in the fourth quarter. 28-24 to 24 is your final. Kaiser finishes with 314 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Crowell has 21 rush yards. Duke Johnson has 20 rush yards. Uh, and Josh Gordon, Four receptions, 115 yards. Rashard Higgins had two touchdowns himself. That's lovely. But Landry Jones gives Pittsburgh the W. Cleveland falls to 0-16 on the year. And that is the season breakdown of the 2017 Cleveland Browns who fell to win a single game. It was Deshaun Kaiser who immediately in week four, week five, already didn't feel like he had trust from his teammates, his coaching staff. That always dooms a young quarterback. And despite him getting a lot of opportunities down the road, it was pretty clear that he was not a high-volume type of guy. And if you made him a high-volume type of guy, he could potentially turn the ball over. If you limited where he was throwing and how far he was throwing, that could change things up a little bit. Point being, the Browns gave up on Deshaun Kaiser. They sent him to Green Bay the next year, and all of a sudden he's out of the league. And bada-bang, bada-boom, that's how it happened for the 2017 Cleveland Browns. The 2017 Browns would finish that year 32nd in offense, dead last, and 31st in defense, second to last. So uh, just to give you an idea on how often they were scoring, there you go. And and some of their stat lines read 10, 7, 14, 17, 9, 16, 7, 16, 10, 10, 3. Cleveland never scored more than 30 points on the entire season. 
Not once did the Browns get to 30. In fact, they never got more than 28 in a game, the game they lost to Indianapolis, 31-28. to So that's your 2017 Cleveland Browns. And the toughest thing about it, they lost every game, but according to Bleacher Report, they were competitive until the bitter end. Like we said, we noticed some tight scores, 31-28 against the Colts, overtime losses against Tennessee and Green Bay. They kept the final margin within six points on six separate occasions, including two games that went into overtime. Like I mentioned, their average margin of defeat was only 11 points. By no means is Bleacher Report trying to suggest this team was kind of good, but they weren't a total doormat, all right? They were competitive enough. They had enough intrigue that you could not completely write them off. They just could not finish whatsoever. So Cleveland wasn't like other teams that you know were losing by 20 points on a nightly basis. They were feisty. They were competitive. Scrappy is the term you use to describe a team that you know is no good, but they still hang around in the ballgame. And the Browns were scrappy at the very least. The bad, according to Bleacher Report, is that they didn't fire Hugh Jackson, not all year. He was 1-15 the year before, and then he goes 0-16. He has a 1-31 record in Cleveland after this debacle of a season, and he still got another eight games the very next year before Cleveland said, you're done. The Browns improved literally almost immediately without Hugh. They went 5-3 under Greg Williams towards the end of that year in 2018, And Bleacher Report says one can only wonder whether they could have been a playoff team in 2018 had they moved on from Jackson immediately after that 0-16 season. And it's a great question because the Browns would go 7, 8, and 1 in 2018, and they were much more competitive. They had Baker Mayfield, Terod Taylor. Those were some of their main quarterbacks. You had Nick Chubb enter the occasion, which is fantastic. That's a turning point for Cleveland, absolutely. Jarvis Landry was there, David Njuku another year, Richard Higgins. It was a much better roster all the way through, and uh, you wonder how much Hugh Jackson hurt that. The ugly, the Bleach Report cites, is 41 turnovers committed. Number one in the NFL, or in this case, dead last. They only forced 13. That's a big differential. They tied the 2000 San Diego Chargers for the worst turnover margin since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. They did not have a single game with a positive turnover margin. Not once did they win the turnover battle. If you ever listen to football talking heads, they always say you have to win the turnover battle. They didn't. They went five straight games without any takeaways from weeks 12 to 16. Given that discrepancy in self-inflicted wounds and these tight, tight ball games, you're surprised that they didn't get smashed more often than they did, which I guess is a testament to how scrappy they are. But still, that is insane. Another note here is 2000 was actually Cleveland's worst season. They went 3-13, and but they were outscored by 258 points. So what team's worse, the team that at least fought but lost every game or the team that won three but got smashed in all their other 13 games? So uh, pick and choose. If you're a Cleveland Browns team, you got a plethora of bad moments to choose from. The 2017 Cleveland Browns are absolutely no exception. Thanks for listening to Best of the Worst. We'll be back with another episode of some of the worst sports teams that you can find. This was the 2017 0-16 Cleveland Brown. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No! History will not be kind to these teams. Set with the highest expectations at the highest level, these teams failed to make any positive impact. They will only be remembered 
for being forgettable. You gotta be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. We'll go to the bottom of the ninth. Although the players made their money and moved on with their careers, they will always have the lingering stench of being the best of the worst.